Okay, I think we'll get going. In fact, uh, I'm going to pray to get us started tonight. Uh, Lord, thank you for just the uh, gifts you give and uh, the blessings often come with challenges. And that's certainly true of family life uh, overall and uh, the challenge to um, just keep up day by day. Uh, and yet we want to be more intentional and uh, uh, follow what you teach us in your word as parents and grandparents. So give us grace as we learn together, even as we fail together and share those things. And uh, as we hopefully stand up again, pick up our um, responsibilities and, and do what you've called us to do. And so help us to uh, just encourage one another through this time. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Uh, what, what this class is all about is essentially how to follow God's commands to parents to disciple our children and not to leave it to the church. And we've often talked, uh, even in staff, about the, the, the limitations that COVID-19 has put on our kids' ministry. And a lot of really good things are, are going on still, and Kendra and her team are working tirelessly. Uh, it doesn't mean they don't get tired, it just means they work really hard. Um, and uh, so in many ways, ministry has been more challenging, even though it's limited. We don't feel like we're getting as much done, but we're putting more effort into it. And I think it's uh, certainly been that way with the children's ministry as well. Some good stuff happening, but it's also we've not been able to have regular classes on Sunday. Um, and so it's, I think, been a good thing, a good challenge for us, as hard as, as you wouldn't ask for this in advance. But it's good in that it says, you know, the responsibility is really ours as parents and grandparents, and the church is vitally important in what the church does, but um, that we are the ones have held accountable to God for the primary training and discipleship of our kids. And so um, the timing of this and some tools we've come across that we've been recommending to you is, uh, we think, really significant. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, I'm not going to go back all over the, through all the scripture that we went through last week, but Deuteronomy 6 is certainly a key passage. It makes it clear that fathers and fathers and mothers come together, so it's not excluding the mom, certainly, but are to teach God's law and God's plan from scripture to their children. And Deuteronomy 6 uh, starts with the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, Jesus picks that up and says it's the greatest commandment. So that's pretty important. And then, and these words that I command you today, and he's giving a whole long, Deuteronomy is really a, a, a um, several hours length sermon to the next generation to, to retell the story. That's what Deuteronomy is. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, first of all, and you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. So what I get out of this, two things I see, intentionality. God's word is central here, but intentionality, and then spontaneity, both. Both intentionality and spontaneity, and that's really, I would say what my parents were pretty good at both, and that was a blessing for me, I was probably better with spontaneity than I was with intentionality, as I confessed last week. If you've heard my story, you know my failings now uh, in, in this area. Uh, but uh, both are there. Just, it becomes part of life. It's really a primary thing for parents. 
And uh, the best example I find in the Bible is Timothy, who was um, apparently raised by his mother-grandmother combination. We don't know where his dad was, but uh, Paul references the, the two ladies that discipled Timothy and brought him up. And then he references later in 2 Timothy 3 that from childhood, he's known the scriptures that are make you wise unto salvation. I'm not sure which translation I'm quoting now, but, and then goes on to say how important it is not only just for salvation, but to go on in growing in the instruction and discipline and training and everything that, that goes along with that. So the mandate is clear, do it, disciple your kids. The Bible's at the heart of it, but how? We're going to try to move on to the how. The legendary coach of the Green Bay Packers, uh, the Super Bowl trophy is named after him, the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Uh, an old, old story says that he started the training camp one year by standing out in the middle of the guy's holding up this very odd-shaped ball and saying simply, gentlemen, this is a football. His point is you go to the fundamentals. And I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, this is a Bible. And uh, it's at the heart of what we're about in discipling our kids. So let me demonstrate for you how you do it. Uh, I'm going into Vince Lombardi mode here. You pick it up, you open it, and you read. And if you learn nothing else or if you apply nothing else from these few weeks we're together, um, you, will have, you will have gained something. Now, you say, well, that's not much detail. That's not much, you know, help us. <laughs> what can we do? But I'm just saying if you do that consistently, you pick up the Bible, you open it, and you read it within your family context. Um, it has to be in context of, you know, obviously living godly life graciously and everything else, fruit of the Spirit, everything. But uh, you begin to read, and you're off to a great, great start. So now you say there's a lot more to it than that, isn't there? And I say, yes, there is a lot more to it than that, but there's not less. So tonight we're going to look at the football, I mean the Bible, and uh, what Bible should I use? What translation? We'll begin to get into that a little bit. What type of kids' Bibles have you used? Story, story Bible stories, and um, how do you move from one level to the next? Uh, what we'd like uh, to do this evening is to uh, uh, share a number of Bible story books. I've got a few. She's got a few, various age levels. Kendra and I are going to just share some of the tools or some of the things we've used over the years. Starting on, I mean, discipleship starts, um, well, I might even say before your baby is born, <laughs> uh, in terms of, you know, praying for that child. But as soon as that baby is born, uh, no, they're not going to understand justification by faith um, by their first birthday, but uh, they are going to see patterns. They're going to see what's going on in the home. They're at the earliest of ages. They're going to get a sense of what mom and dad are like and what they believe and what practices they have so that, I mean, if your kids, and, and for some, it, 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 it's, it's, it's never too late to start, but 
uh, for some, they won't have that experience, but for others, it will be, I mean, like some say, I don't remember when I wasn't a Christian because they accepted Christ so early in life that they don't remember not believing in Jesus, uh, but certainly not, um, not remembering a time when it wasn't the common practice for our family to read the Bible and pray. And um, that's where, again, my inconsistency that I'm embarrassed about to this day is that that just wasn't more of a pattern. And it wasn't missing, but it, it wasn't as consistent. But anyway, a few things we've picked up over the years. You, you've all had Bible story books. I remember having a comic book, Old Testament, um, that I, I think I mentioned last week. I mean, that style. And in fact, I have one of those here that's the, the, uh, the, the picture Bible. And so it's like, none of you read the paper anymore, I don't suppose, but it's like the comic page where you have the uh, pictures and then a little bit of writing and clouds overhead or whatever. But um, one of the things that on a very, very elementary level is this little Usborne book of Bible stories. And it includes seven stories from the Old Testament, seven stories from the New Testament. It skips creation. And so when I realized that, I thought, ah, it left out the beginning. But we're talking about very, very, very simple levels. So you're just getting 14 stories that the littlest kid that maybe not even understanding the words can see these cute pictures and uh, enjoy um, what, uh, what's going on. Here's, here's Danny and the lion's den. So you can see there's a lot of picture in just a little bit of words. So there's lots and lots of Bible story books like this that are, that are around in different places. Um, Kendra, any of that, that level that you have? There you go. <laughs> this is the one that we started out with our kids. And I think Sarah may have gotten this for me as a baby gift. But um, kind of going back to even like your infants, you start at a really, 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 really young age of just reading them a story at night as you're rocking them. I mean, we started reading our kids stories at like six months old. Mm -hmm. So that is the perfect time to start getting into the rhythm and training yourself just to get into the habit of reading to your kids. So this is the one that we started. We did start with and ours just had cutout pictures. Mm -hmm. So kind of kind of fun. But yep. yet it's uh, just as much training for mom and dad to start learning to talk about God um, with their kids. So this is called uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Every story whispers his name. This is Sally Lloyd-Jones. Um, it has uh, 20. No. Uh, yeah, it has 21 Old Testament. It, it's a lot more text. It, it does have text to it, but it's still simple. Uh, 21 Old Testament stories, 24 New Testament stories. This one is especially good because it begins, it's called the Jesus uh, Storybook Bible. It really begins to help even kids understand, or maybe adults who haven't thought this through much, that the Bible is many stories, but it's one story. And that's certainly one of your goals, one of the purposes you have to help the kids see how this ties with this, with this, with this, uh, from the Old Testament, the prophecies, the illustrations, the foreshadowing of uh, Jesus that comes up. And so she does a great job for kids of, uh, of tying that in, showing that it's all, all one story. Uh, it, I really like it. But of course, it's, it's uh, limited. So sometimes it's, it's easy to read through the Jesus story of the Bible, and then you're like, where do we go from there? Well, there's tons and tons and tons of kids' Bibles, and sometimes you just want another one because it's nice to have new pictures. So um, 
This one is by Gospel Project. It's the Big Picture Bible. It's an interactive storybook Bible. This one, um, I would say, is really nice for your more of your pre-K to your early elementary because it will have the story and it's actually just one page. And then at the bottom, it has the Christ connection, which is if anybody has taught in faith kids before, we use Gospel Project during the first um, hour. So it's the same concept that everything points to the cross. And so it's really simple. You can just read it. It has a Christ connection and then it has a question to ask and they put the answer right there for the parents. So, um, so it's great for anybody. If you want to go, I guess, to two others that are kind of preschool friendly, there's also the preschoolers Bible and the beginners Bible. So the beginners Bible is kind of the classic old school Bible, um, but it does a really nice job, especially for your two and three-year-olds of just laying down a foundation of the narrative of scripture. Yeah. So, okay. um, but not that strong Christ connection like um, you see in Jesus Storybook Bible or the Gospel Project. Yeah. Okay. So this is more just simple narrative, so. Where would you, where would you go next in terms of the kids now or in first, second, third grade, they're able to read now. Um, they're getting their first Bible that they're actually reading, not just looking at the pictures. Yeah. Where would you go there? Just so you guys know, kids get Bibles at faith at the end of their second grade year. We give every single kid an ESV Bible. Um, it's the following Jesus Bible. So we opted to go with ESV because when they're sitting in church, then they can follow um, with the pastor as they read. And it's really distracting for kids to be reading out of an NIV and then they see the words up there and they don't match because I can tell you when it happens in a Sunday school class, all their hands go up and it says, that's not what mine says. So we just opted to give them the ESV. But before that, um, I would recommend getting the NR and the NIV readers version. It's actually the NIR, lowercase rb, and um, it is really nice. So it's the NIV Bible, but the verses in it, um, they've changed some of the big words and some of the sentence structure. So it's easier for a kid to read. So if you have like a first grader or second grader, or third grader, um, or first or second grader, I'd say that they can read on their own, like reading came really easy. They could take this Bible and they could read it on their, on their own. Actually, when I teach <laughs> kids, I actually read from this book and this um, NIV reader's version versus the ESV or the um, NIV because I think it's easier when you're teaching a story and it's um, for the smaller ones to follow. So I really, really do like this one. And I think it's a great Bible to start. If you want to open up the Bible and just start reading to your kids, this is a great first step yeah. right there. So. And one of the thoughts I've had, maybe you could comment on this, is that when, um, it, it, as you're reading the Bible with your kids, if if you can use their Bible, or so that they know it's not just something they use in their bedroom, but it's something they use with the family, uh, then that that see comments on that. I mean, yeah. Um. It's really interesting. The last time I went to like the major kids ministry conference, I sat on a session by Lifeway and they were going through a bunch of research. And my generation, kind of the current generation of parents is the first Bible illiterate generation. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And so um, this whole concept of us, like as adults, using our Bibles and reading from our Bibles is very foreign. So it's actually even more detrimental now to the next generation below us. So, um, so kids today, they are Bible illiterate. They, um, most of our upper elementary still can't open up a physical Bible and find verses in it. Um, so that is actually kind of shocking. So when you make your kids get their own Bible or open up the Bible and read from it together, they are actually learning really, really good Bible liter literacy tools, like how to locate a verse, how to find a verse, just the way of, um, the Bible verses look on the page, even if they can't read, they just become familiar with it. So it is actually very good for kids to use their own Bibles, use the same Bible consistently. And also when you are reading kids scripture, to read it from a physical book versus off of your phones. So, and I'm, I am guilty of it. I am a phone reader. I'm guilty of it, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the lost, the lost um, art that we used to have within the church and now it's gone. So one, one other uh, Bible that I brought with me or illustrated family Bible, it's called, uh, this is straight out of the ESV text. It's 270 uh, selections from the Holy Bible. So it's, it's just Bible. It's not, um, it's not adding anything to it or as a Bible story book might, uh, but um, it has, you know, some, some illustrations in it as well. Uh, but it's the kind of a thing that I would think uh, might work pretty well for, uh, for sharing uh, the story, the, the kind of the main stories of the Bible with kids. So ESV Illustrated Family Bible. Uh, I think where we want to shift now and um, uh, let Kendra kind of step in here is um, we uh, introduced a, um, a tool uh, recently uh, that um, several of you, well, we, we urge that people buy it. It's called More Than a Story. Uh, Sally uh, uh, Michael, who lives locally here, it's um, more than a story exploring the message of the Bible with children. Kendra, why don't you just introduce us to this tool and uh, you can have pretty much the rest of the time to, uh, what is so, it? So um, one thing Tom and I were talking about, it's kind of hard to know when do you transition to taking your kids out of a storybook Bible and when do you um, just start reading from the scripture itself? So kind of a balance. And for every family, it's going to be a little bit different based on the age of the kids um, and maybe the age range of your kids as well. But it's always good along the way to always do a little bit of both, I would say, even when they're really young, make sure those preschoolers are still hearing some verses from a regular Bible, a big person's Bible. Um, but then when we hit kind of to the elementary school, I mean, the Bible is really long. I mean, it's hard to be able to pick up on the entire narrative of scripture in a very short time if you are reading only from an ESV regular Bible. So it is still nice to be able to jump back into some more storybook type Bibles and devotionals um, with your kids. Um, and I guess we're talking about story Bibles. So that's one of the reasons why we went with um, more than a story. 
Um, we were looking to get one resource out to all of our faith kid families that could hit the preschool through fifth grade range, which is a really broad range. Um, but um, this, this Bible, I really, really like it because the, of the focus. Um, one thing about kids Bibles, when you select a Bible, you should always go ahead and look at the people who publish it. So obviously there's many, many views um, on a lot of different doctrinal topics within, you know, Christendom. So when people make a book, one thing you want to make, think, consider is your audience. So there is a shift to taking away certain Bible stories out of kids' Bibles because they're too violent. Um, they're too, I don't know, maybe go into some more harder to understand concepts or you're, you might end up and have the, the human figure be the hero of the story versus really pointing to God. Um, that's also another one that is prevalent in some Christian kids' books. Um, so, yeah, so just make sure that you look at who is the um, publisher of your book and what the or, um, what their organization is about. So that's, I mean, why one of the reasons Truth 78 is a very solid organization and it comes through within the text of this book. And that's one of the reasons I like it because their main goal is to help your kids worship. So, um, and that comes through in every single lesson. They are really working on um, helping your kids understand the nature of God, as well as seeing that thread of Jesus being your rescuer. So the storybook Bible is fabulous. It really lays out that foundation of the, the gospel, you know, the big rescue story. And it really paints that clear picture for kids of how it all comes together. What I like about more than a story, that same gospel thread is there, but they take it a step further where they are um, helping your kids um, be transformed. They are looking kind of at pointing to God's character in every single story. So their kids can learn to see this is who God is, and this is how he will show up in their lives. So, um, so I like that it just takes it that extra, extra step, which I think is really what our elementary kids need as they go through some type of um, storybook Bible. So um, in terms of the layout, I don't know how many of you have gotten into it. They, um, some of the lessons, they can be a little bit longer, especially in the beginning. I think this book is laid out where it would be very appropriate for a third through fifth grader to read one whole lesson in one whole sitting. If you are working with younger kids, I would probably break up one of the stories into two or three um, sittings. I think they throw in a lot of big theological concepts um, into the text. So you'll see it's not just the narrative of scripture. It's not just the Christ connection, but they're also trying to layer in some key doctrinal truths and pull it out for the kids. So you'll see as you read through this book, um, you'll have other verses, like they'll have another memory verse here from like Psalms or something. It's even though the, this one is supposed to be Genesis 1 through 13. They pull in other scripture into the narrative um, of like the larger chunk of Genesis in order to help your kids connect the, the concept better. I think it's good for older kids to read too. 
I, um, and that's why we went with it because we we're trying to find one resource. To, we are trying to find one resource to put in families' hands, knowing that you have to bridge a very large gap. And most of you already had this Bible. So we thought this is the next best progression. So what family. I'm suggesting is I'm not sure there is an upper age limit on this book. Um, I don't think it's too low for uh, me. Uh, and um, I'm not a kid anymore. And so I, I think it could be very helpful in that direction. And for those of you who have younger kids and you say, well, I can't use it yet with my five-year-old or six-year-old, use it for yourself first. And then when you go through it with them later, then uh, you'll be much better prepared to, 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 uh, to use the tools. So that's, that's my pitch. Uh, so yeah, tell us <laughs> how to use it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the layout is a little bit different. Um, and I like it because they try to make it user friendly for the um, the reader. So anytime they actually are have a direct reference or you're reading actual scripture, it's going to be in a light brown color. Then um, they kind of have this, the story or the narrative is just in plain text. But what I like about it is Every concept that points to the character of God or is it um, one of his characteristics, um, qualities, it's in bold. So it makes it easy for the parent to kind of know as I'm reading this story, what should my kid be learning about God? And so you can go back and you can always easily find the key elements, um, the key characteristics, Um very easily. And so that's what I, I like it. And so that I find personally helpful. So when we get to the end and there's follow-up questions um, that they have nicely written in the back, we just walk through all the bold-faced words um, in the chat or in the lesson. And we talk about each of those qualities um, about God. Yeah. And the first few lessons in this are really, really heavy because they're really laying, they're all dealing with the fall. And so they're really laying a very, um, foundational truths regarding sin. And I, I have not seen any other storybook Bible go that deep into laying down the foundations of, you know, but sin and you, suffering. As you read with your kids, you're actually reading every part of this. Mm -hmm. Where I was wondering about kids younger than yours, if it might be where you would more tell the story uh, from the Bible and, and then summarize some of that discussion with emphasizing the in bold characteristics. So with younger kids. Yeah, you you could um, you could easily do something like that. I often when I talk when my kids were in preschool, I would kind of do read talking. So it's like I would kind of read the story. And then when I wanted to kind of break, I would just kind of keep talking and put in my own comments in it and then go back to reading the actual um text itself. So I would say it, it lends itself well to read, read talking um, yeah. in order to be able to reach into your kids and pause. But yeah. Oh, and that was one other thing they do build into the text questions to kind of stop and ask your kids. Um, and it's building the skill within them. So when they switch to a regular Bible that they pause to reflect on what they're reading and not just read straight through like an entire chapter of scripture. Yeah. So they're starting to get the kids into that rhythm too. I would say if I was going through this Bible with, I would first grade on down, I'd probably break it up into about two, every lesson into about two or three sittings. And I'd read talk my way through it 
um, as I kind of progressed. But what I would do is at, before I would start my reading for that day, I'd have them tell me the narrative of the story or the story that we had done the day before. So they are constantly putting the pieces together. So it's good for kids to hear something like first grade on down to hear it and then have to say it back to you. And then before you sit into like put the next building block into the into the story, make sure they go back and tell you what they learned the last time. So that is a yeah. So that would be another way to use this too. So. I think one one thing that I'm observing though, Kendra, with what you're doing with your kids is you're using this on top of several years of already building that storyline. And so that's going to make a difference. It would be different if I'm trying to use this and I'm starting from, from ground zero. Uh, so that, that'll make a difference and, and might even affect how, impact how you use this or how you choose something differently. Um, but even with all of this, I would still say that open the book, read a little bit, a lot, whatever you can do just um, just just read the Bible and uh, and do your best to, to, to make sure your kids are understanding it. Uh, on the other other hand, it's not the end of the world if they don't understand everything. I don't understand everything. so <laughs> you're, you're, you're building as you go.